Michael George Jones. Hey y'all, this is Cole Ford, and you're listening to Small Town Famous. Unfortunately, Jordan, as most of you know, is a deputy sheriff, and he just got a call and he had to go. And Jeffrey tonight was unable to be here because of having to just watch the kids. (laughs) But I tell you, the show still goes on. (laughs) So me and BJ are going to talk tonight because he's got some stories to tell, and we had promised that because he's, you know, not only is a co-host, he's friend, and you know, man, we just want to hear. You know, some of your tales from the road and how you got going and things like that. So let's just get started. Okay, bud. Um, it was a small town show. It was called uh, the Columbia County Hayride. That would be Columbia County, Arkansas. We started in a small one-room schoolhouse. If you can picture little house on the prairie or something, mm-hmm. a one-room schoolhouse. That's that's what we started in. And um, we did that. I was I was seven years old the first time I was on stage. A gentleman, the name of Jack Shore. He started me on the guitar, and he showed me chords, and he he told my folks, he said it was, it was kind of like showing somebody that had been away from the music a while and just forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of his take on it. Uh, it was just kind of music had, had always been with me. It, I know that's strange to, to say, but it, it just always had been there. And, of course, I was doing also a piano and uh, the the lady that that started me on piano made the mistake of playing the pieces for me, so I could hear them and then play them back to her. <laughs> so, so, so you learn by ear, yeah. basically, um, kind of by default. Is that is that what you? Well, I, I mean, I'm not a musician. No, what, I know. Is that what that means? Yeah, I mean, if I could hear it, I, I could pretty much put it on the piano for for her. Of course, she didn't like that very much. She appreciated it later, but not <laughs> at the time. Later on, I did finally have to break down and learn how to read music for college. Oh, but yeah. I, but I will back up as far as playing for an adult country western band. I was seven years old and I started playing with a local country western band on keyboards, and that was the uh, Union Street Station. That was Columbia County Hayride in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and that went on to to about nine years of age. About I guess around ten years of age, I started doing fair contests. I did the Columbia County Fair and uh, was able to win a first place in what they call variety category, which mm-hmm. in, which involves singing and playing an instrument. Right, doing show tunes and yeah. dancing and stuff. Well, I'm well, kidding. <laughs> no, that's fine. It, no, it, it it was it was similar to that, but I tell you, you know, a variety category and this uh, fair competition was doing more than one thing. I, I was blessed to win the overall competition that was uh, competing with dancers and all, all kinds of other talents and uh, went to uh, the state fair and uh, won regionals that year. I was 10 years old and uh, was competing against, dan- like I said, all kinds of other talents and uh, won the regionals, uh, won the finals as well. Do you remember what song you uh, won the regionals with? <laughs> I, I had always been a big Jerry Lee Lewis fan, and it was, and also some, uh, if y'all remember this, some oldies, Everly Brothers. Um, oh, man, yeah. yeah I, I did. love the harmonies. Yeah. Yes, family harmonies, you can't beat them. But uh, I, I did a medley of a Jerry Lee and Everly Brothers 
and uh, was able to to do well with those. Cool. At that age. That's neat. For yeah. that young, that is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, you know, it, it was a surprise to me, too, because, I mean, I had never experienced anything like that. I didn't think, well, I, I'll tell you, at that age, I didn't think I was good enough. Yeah, really? But, yeah. <laughs> Well, good night. Yeah. <laughs> At that yeah. age, I mean, to to be able to achieve what you achieved, it seemed like your confidence would have been pretty high. But yeah, oh, oh I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. It was still fun. Of course, I, I tell you the truth. I didn't. I did not like contests. I never liked them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But I tell you, after after all that was over, I was about thirteen and uh, won a contest in Branson, Missouri. Uh, it was at. Uh, this place called Crockies in Branson, and um, they did what they call a showbiz talent show. And I did not—I I won the first round. I did not win the second one, but it was enough to win the ear of the owner of that talent show that wanted to put together a group of kids that were all sixteen and under. And I was able to do two seasons in Branson with a group called the Young Branson Stars. Oh, so that's how you got to Branson. Yes. I was wondering because yes. on your bio I saw the uh, teenage—you spent teenage years in Branson, and I was going to ask you about that. So that's how that all evolved. Yes, that that was how uh, the gentleman that was in charge of the group heard me and uh, wanted to include me in a group. Uh, everybody approximately 16 years old and under, and everybody was, of course, we know world-class world-class musicians and singers. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, so in our first podcast, we talked about the Garth Brooks concert, and you said that you were actually there. You remember that? Um, yes. And it was that the same group of boys? Well, it, it is not the same group. It was before that. So you're in a ba- you're in an all-boy band before that? Well, you were in boy bands before there were boy bands, huh? Well, I, t- I tell you, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't all boys. It, oh, it, was, okay. it was mixed. The the one you told me about, or the one that we was talking about, the Louisiana State Fair in 1990, that was when Garth Brooks just broke the charts. Nobody knew who he was, and I was with a band that my dad and myself put together. And uh, everybody was still 16 years old and under, and a lot of them was family. <laughs> and uh, they, they were really good. We had a blast, but we did not get to see Garth. We had to perform ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, so, um, you come from a musical family. Who, who else can play, sing? Because I know them all pretty much, So, but I've never asked them who can sing, who can play and stuff. My, my dad and my mother cannot play or sing. But they'd appreciate that. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> I, I I don't mean that a downer on them. I definitely <laughs> don't because kidding. on my dad's side, uh, my grandmother could play piano and sing. Her cousin could play piano and sing, and uh, several cousins of hers could play piano. On my mother's side, her dad's mother could play anything with strings on it. I never knew her, uh, but she could play anything with strings on it. Really? Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of the way God works sometimes, you know, spreading. I, well, I hate to say spreading the wealth, but yeah, well, no, <laughs> spreading. I, I understand uh, where you were going. I, yeah. That's what I was I was thinking. It just come from the Lord. Yes, I mean, you yes, because I, I didn't know a lot of these people's talents, yeah. and it just kind of come, I guess, within generations. So. Right. The Lord just kind of put his hand on you. The way your daddy always kind of told me, well, he told me a story, and this is before maybe before coming on your dad and mom longer than I've known you. And he told me a story about a wedding. Let me think. It was seemed like that someone, there was a song someone wanted to play. Nobody knew how to play it. Or 
something to that effect. I don't know what it was, but they, you just spot on, you got up there and played the song. Does that sound familiar at all? Yes, it does. Uh, I, I hate to name names, uh, but uh, a good friend of mine, a former Miss Arkansas, Beth Ann Rankin, um, it was her brother's wedding, and a good friend of mine that played uh, piano for the wedding. She's she she can read anything with that, that's put in front of her, and 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 I t- I'll go and tell you I can't do that. But she could. Uh, what they needed to be done is they needed a song to be in a lower key, and they needed it to be yet yet to be able to what they call transpose. Oh, okay. Uh, to another key while you're reading in another key. If it, does that make sense? Sort of. Now I play yeah. a little bit of guitar. So you if the keys in A flat, I know I'll put, I can put it on the first fret. I can capo the first fret and play it in G. Yes. Is that kind of what you're talking about? That, that, that's very similar, except on a piano you cannot put a capo. That's on That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but like I said, if you if you're gonna play A and want to play, uh, okay, let me do this. If you're gonna play a G. And want to play an A flat, which is a, high, a half step higher. You got to be able to read the the music in G and transpose it to an A flat, which is a half step higher. Um, while you're looking at the A flat, while you're looking <laughs> while you're looking at the original key that it's written in. Wow! And and I had to do that. Um, <laughs> and and I go ahead and tell you, I had never done it before. Oh! Uh, but but I tell you, you know, that's I guess uh, talking to the younger folks. That's what a college education can do for you. There you go. <laughs> um, I go ahead and I go ahead and put that in there because I would not have been able to do that without a music education. That, that I seeked. So, and where did you go to college? I went to a place called Washita Baptist University. That is in Arkansas, Arkadelphia, right? Arkadelphia. Uh, if any of you contemporary Christian music fans are fans of uh, Point of Grace, that is their alma mater. I did not know that. Uh, they all the Point of Grace girls graduated from there, as well as Mike Huckabee. He graduated uh-huh. from there as well. There's a lot uh, of blanks to fill in before you got to OBU, isn't that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fill in some of those blanks. What happened after Branson? Well, after Branson, I, you know, uh, at the time, it was not common for underage kids to be in music shows and still do their education. It was uncommon at the time. So I was actually going through a homeschooling program back home in Magnolia, Arkansas, through uh, which would be now Columbia Christian Academy or, or school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing homeschooling while doing shows, well, actually on on a payroll. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I, that's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, it was, and uh, of course now it, it's it's not really uncommon for underage kids to to be on a payroll doing music for a show and still right. get their education. But at the time, uh, it was uncommon. Basically, you were slave labor and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that right? <laughs> it, it, boy, I tell you, I, I, if that's what you want to call it, but but it was it was a fun time. I'll I tell you, <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. How much? What did? You, what were you making? Oh goodness, I don't even remember. Is <sighs> well, child labor is probably at thirty five cents an hour. That's what. I, <laughs> I mean, this is twenty sixteen. I pay my kids about sixty cents an hour, so I figure adjusting for inflation used to be around 
25, 30 cents an hour. Is that right? Of course. Well, well I tell, yeah, no, <laughs> was it more than that? Or all the well, lollipops you could lick? Or yeah, you pretty much. But I tell you, I was doing a morning show with a young lady named Brandy Chapman. She works for Country Tonight. If you go to, to Branson, Missouri, you know the show. I've seen the show. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was doing a morning show with her, and I was doing a matinee show with uh, the Young Branson Stars. And I was also, of course, I was 13 years old, and I was six foot two, and I could, <laughs> and I was also doing a night show in a club, which was underage. But the club was underage. The club was underage, but or they just let underage people in. What? No, they did not let under, <laughs> they, they they let underage musicians in that, that was hired there. Brent, <laughs> <laughs> what was Brandy's last name? Chapman. Yeah, Chapman. Yes. Yeah, we need to give her a shout out after uh, after we get this done. Oh, different. Uh, yeah. Talented young lady. What's she doing now? I believe she is still with uh, Country Tonight in Branson. Oh, well, we might can maybe give her a tweet and let oh, her know yeah. that she was mentioned on the podcast that her name, name was taken in vain. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> she she is a friend of mine on Facebook, so it shouldn't be hard to get a hold of her. Well, good. Well, yeah. uh, well Brandy. I've seen the show. Just keep up the good work, and thank you for letting us talk about you. <laughs> so I guess I'll say something like I say something like that. I know you ended up with Soji Tabushi, and now that was the that was the pinnacle. Now, when I was little, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. if you got if you're on Soji, that was almost like being on the Tonight Show. And now, as far as Branson is concerned, I mean, because it was like the show everybody talked about. Yeah, show- especially the bathroom <laughs> at, the th- at, at the theater. <laughs> I, you know, I, I made really good friends uh, with Shoji's daughter. Actually, is part owner of the. Well, I, I say that she's actually the owner of his establishment nowadays. Uh, her name Christina Tabucci. She is actually owner of the Shoji Tabucci Show right now. She was actually director of the vocalist. After I graduated a college, I, I did go back to Branson. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was director. And, of course, she was the boss. And I, I'll go ahead and tell you that at the time. Uh, we're still really good friends right now, uh, still in contact. I'm sure she'd love to talk with us. Yeah, that would be know. nice. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Miss Christina, she's she's uh, she's a wonderful person, very talented. So, yeah, she she was really good to work with and as far as a boss. Let me ask you this. Now, with Christina... And I may be talking out of school and not know this, but I remember my dad and mom going to Soji's show, and they were talking about their little girl that came out there. Now, didn't she? Did she perform? Am I wrong about that? She was in his show when she was in diapers. I thought so. <laughs> and she's really talented, isn't that Extremely right? Extremely talented. Extremely talented young lady. Was it uh, singing or what did she do? She sings. She dances. She plays instruments. Yeah. So yeah. But they were talking about, I think she was probably, could not, she couldn't have been more than five or six or seven or that's, something. But that's were, very true. They were super impressed. That's They talked about Soju, but they talked about her a ton. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and tell you something most folks don't know. Uh, Shoji is actually, his hometown is actually Oak Grove, Louisiana. No, are you serious? Yeah, over by Monroe, Louisiana. Little home, little town. Over little there. town. That's his hometown. That that's where Christina considers her hometown. But you know, of course, all the businesses in Branson, and and Christina also has a home in Nashville, Tennessee, as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what what was the reason for leaving Branson? Or well, just give me the time. I guess give me the timeline. Well, I, I, I tell you, I, 
I uh, graduated college, and um, I, I skipped this part. I went to Joplin, Missouri to go into business with a friend of mine for recording. He was able to uh, find prospects in California on the West Cor- uh, Coast, and I went back to Branson and went to Shoji, auditioned, went there for an entire summer season. My entire my entire life, I wanted to go to Nashville. I wanted to give it a chance. So I ended the season in, in Branson and went to Nashville with no names, no contacts of any kind. Mm. Uh, so it was really tough. Of course, I went to all the music stores, put up brochures or flyers, whatever you want to call. Played downtown. Most of, most of the people that do not have any contacts played downtown Nashville on Broadway they call it the district now, mm-hmm. uh, but it was actually Lower Broadway is what they call it. You know, it was not a living. Uh, it was mainly a place to network yeah, to meet people. And, and I tell you, it, starting there, it was hard, but uh, it got me to a higher level to work for, you know, a major artist. Well, um, well um, you touched on your uh, big break in our first episode, and tell us a little bit about about that, what was leading up to your the phone call that you that you received? Where were you emotionally, and what was happening? And do you feel like things were going well before David Lee called? Or what, tell me a little bit about that, and then go ahead and fill in the blanks on the, well, about the phone call. Yeah, I tell you, I made good friends as far as music goes. I was unsure about my future. wasn't sure if I was working my way up to that next level, but it was just unexpected. It was unexpected. I got the phone call from David Lee Murphy, singer of uh, Dust on the Bottle, amongst other. Uh, live, he also wrote Living and Fast Forward for Kenny Chesney. Did uh, he really? Yeah, he sure did. Is he uh, still writing music? He that That's his living. <laughs> I did he's not, not know that. That's, that is his main living. He's not doing He's not doing the artist thing. He's doing the, the songwriting. He's written for so many folks and, of course, been very prosperous in it. But I got a call from his band leader to be on the Grand Ole Opry. I had never met this man. I had never met the band leader, never met the musicians. And, and they said, here's the material, which was <laughs> a little intimidating. A, a group of about a dozen songs, and we're going to do a couple of songs. Here's the songs we're doing. So we, I get to the Grand Ole Opry, and he's like, what songs are we doing? I was like, well, here's the ones you gave me. It's like, <laughs> here's the ones you gave me. And he's like, well, let's do this one. Let's do this one. This one, do this one. So we get to side stage. And uh, it's like, okay, we're going to do these couple. So we get out there. And thank goodness I've studied the whole album that they gave me. <laughs> and and after that show, I'd grown accustomed to that was the normal. That was the normal preparation for an Opry performance. Really? Yes, because... Uh, there was like five minutes. I was like, no artist will decide what they're going to do. And I was like, this is the norm. I was like, wow. they're, they're not more organized than this. I was <laughs> like, no, th- no, this is it. Yeah. This, this is the laid back atmosphere that the Opry does. So a lot of it is spontaneous, ad lib, oh, yeah. and some things like that. Whatever they're feeling, what, whatever the crowd is looking like. If it's a young crowd, old yeah. crowd, patriotic crowd. They look at all those things before they pick their songs. I guess that's what makes it so fun going there. It's a, never the same show twice, I'm assuming. That's very true. So what is your most memorable performance 
on the Opry uh, that you were in, either involved in or you... Well, I tell you, and and this is reaching back as far as the old timers, we, we call them. <laughs> <laughs> They're, let's see, Mel Tillis, Leroy Van Dyke. This is, of course, I, I don't even know if I can bring the younger generation to remember this guy. Uh, he did a song called The Auctioneer. And Mel Tillis, of course, he was really big. I mean, you'll have to Google him. I I, I mean, I I can't sing all of his hits, but the old-timers, Bill Anderson, Jim Ed Brown, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll just have to look these guys up because they are truly legends in the country music Mm -hmm. world. Porter Wagner. Porter Wagner, yeah. I mean, but uh, we, we did a show with all of these guys on there, and I wish I could remember the date, but it was the most memorable because it was like I don't know, just just being there with legends that have paved their way through the decades. It was just very special. So when you moved to Nashville, you drove into town and you had no plan whatsoever. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So your first day, and so I know we're actually backtracking, but then we'll move forward. But what was it like your first day? It was discouraging. I'll go and tell you, it was very discouraging. Um, I had support from my family, my mother and dad. They were very supportive. Said, "Don't, don't give up. Give it a chance. You know, go and um, go and share your talents." Uh, yeah. Which was basically go to Lower Broadway. Yeah, and that that was the networking possibilities. You had to spread your talent. It was word of mouth. You had to you had to sell yourself, which I was not good at. I'm still <laughs> I'm still not. And so you had to do a ton of performing. You had to just play all day long, pretty much, right? Yes, I mean yeah. uh, downtown. I go and tell you, it's a different world. Uh, every musician they did a four hour shifts that uh, no bathroom breaks. You would go to uh, either another club, another venue, and do another four hours. If you wanted to do three shifts, you would start. Started about two in the afternoon, go to six in the afternoon, move to your next venue, move your equipment, tear it down, move to the next one, yeah. uh, and play from six to ten. No bathroom breaks, bear, my, bear in mind. Move to your next one, your late night one, from yeah. ten to two in the morning. Good grief! And <laughs> <laughs> this and, and this was the norm. But how did you find those? Uh, are there just so many opportunities? How did you rack up the jobs? Uh, it was all word of mouth. I mean, you make good on one. It's it's a it's a very small circle of folks down there. Uh, so I mean, the word gets around really quick to where you can go down and everybody like if you just want to go down there and visit and have a good time and say, hey, can I get a bathroom break and get up here and play for me? <laughs> <laughs> so that it was kind of like that. It was very. Uh-huh. It was a small. It was a small town feel in a big city in of Nashville. So so how do you feel? about i'm just curious to get your opinion on obviously it's going to be different making it today and i may be wrong about that but networking is different everything's social media and these sorts of things but a long time ago they had the bluebird cafe yeah they still do as far as i know they do right i guess what what i was thinking about was if you had to do it over again today what would you do? I'll go and say at the time i did not know any better because i had no contacts like I said, I started out putting up brochures or flyers and at Guitar Center, and I got a call uh, from a local band. I started with them, uh, which they already had a foot in the door as far as playing downtown. 
and I just kind of joined in. I see. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, my position, I just, there was no foot in the door. I had no contact. So that yeah. that was the only choice. So walk us through, after David Lee Murphy, you're, you get to play on the Opry. Tell me about that, not that night, but later that night. So you go back. So you lived in the small, you always stayed small town. Always. Yeah. So you lived outside of Nashville. Yes. I, I never lived in Nashville. Um, uh, the town I lived in was about 45 minutes outside of Nashville. It was a little bitty town. If You know, picture uh, Mayberry with Sheriff Andy Taylor. <laughs> uh, that That's what it was. And, yeah. and, and, of course, that's what I grew up in. I could not live in a big a big city. Even you know, even though it was my dream, I was like, I couldn't live in a big city. But I was still close enough to be in all the action, if you yeah. you know, if you want to call it that. So that night after the opera, you had to be on cloud nine. Yes. What, do you remember that night? Do you remember how it felt? I sure do. It you know, it brought tears to my eyes. You know, this is something I dreamed about my entire life. Goodness, it. it um, it, it was it was magical for me, if you, for lack of a better term, it was magical. Were you able to sleep? Uh, no, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I sure wasn't able to sleep. I, of course, I had never met David Lee or any of his people, uh-huh. and they wanted me to play. It's like, hey, you know, you're filling in for our main guy, our keyboard player. Can can you play tomorrow night too with us? Oh, so it's like, well, uh, well, yeah, I, I sure let can. Let me check my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I sure can. And, uh, of course, that, you know, that was my first bus trip. That was my first uh, tour bus. And, um, oh, so it wasn't, a, it wasn't another night at the Opry? No, it was another show. It was actually in his hometown. Um, he was doing a show, and they did not have a keyboard player. So he was like, can you play with us tomorrow night? And I was like, well, absolutely. <laughs> Do you, how long were you with David Lee? I, I did those two shows with him. They had a full-time guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they were very pleased, you know, with what I did for him. Did he kind of hook you up to the next gig? or I mean, obviously, you try, you have to piggyback these things, right? Well, yes. I, I, I mean, I kept in touch with the guys, and um, I, I still played downtown. You still do that for networking purposes. Okay. And I worked my way into another gentleman. His name's Colt Ford. Yeah. Uh, so he was next? He was next. Okay. Yes. Tell me about Colt. That we were talking earlier before we started recording. That one of my favorite videos is him and Brantley doing Dirt Road. That song rocks with them too. And, yes. and I love Brantley's voice and still one of my favorite songs because I would sing it to Leslie. Um, you know, I'm not a very good singer, but I love singing it. Uh, she's my kind of crazy. Yes. Love that song. And yes. What is so funny is knowing these people before they were really classified as famous people. Uh-huh. I just knew them as ordinary folks. Right. Tell me about and Colt, though. The thing is, is I, I knew these two guys before they were really big names. And uh, Colt, he was, he was a really, he was a great Georgia boy from Athens, Georgia. And believe it or not, he was a PGA golf instructor. Are you? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he he was, does not remind you of the quintessential golfer. Oh, gosh. If you could see him on the golf course, he'd blow your mind. I, that's, but, that God. is fun. It, I, 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 oh, sorry. It's not funny. <laughs> no, Obviously, it's not. it's not funny because he's probably incredibly good. But I guess the, the picture of him in the music videos and then I just but no i mean it's you know of course yeah he was a pga golf instructor uh he went to the university of georgia and he was actually with if i if i can get the story right he was with a crisscross 
back in the day. The, the rap group? The rap group, yes. No. He was on tour with Michael Jackson. Are you serious? I'm very serious. He went to he went to England and uh, was there with Criss Cross. They opened for Michael. Uh, he told me this story. He was like, Michael, of course, you know, a lot of people have different opinions on Michael, but he was a talented dude. I'll go and tell you that. He's... Um, yeah, there's no denying that. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, he... If you go back and look at the old Michael videos, he would come out of the floor of the stage. Uh-huh. The crowd would go nuts. He would put his hands up to his sunglasses, and they would get a little louder. Take his sunglasses off, they'd get a little louder. And and it's just like, how can a man have this much control over an audience? Right. But uh, anyway, he he was in that realm. Uh, Colt Ford was. That is. And uh, he told me this story, and, and of course I went back and looked at the YouTube videos. And of course he was right. I mean, this guy was entertainment. You know, dictionary definition entertainment. Yeah. So uh, so Colt, he was a rapper. <laughs> he, he and. Uh, and he's a country boy, right. and and of course, and unless you hear the music, it really doesn't go together for you. Right. I mean, when you picture it in your head, it's kind of, it's like, how is this going together? Right. But he, um, but he wrote the biggest crossover hit for Jason Aldean called "Dirt Road Anthem," uh, the biggest hit of Jason Aldean's career, and if I'm not mistaken, won a Grammy as well. Uh, so Colt can retire off of this this one song if he wants to. <laughs> but I was with Colt for four years before that song was released, and um, and we played that song so many times. I was yeah. I was looking it up right now because I love that song. Because no offense to Jason Aldean, it is different with Brantley singing singing that hook in the chorus and. Um, well, I, Brantley was a co-writer on that song, so okay. he's he's actually a writer on that. So they both that yeah. that was their that was their creation. <laughs> was, is, is Brantley from Georgia? Yes, he so is. I didn't know if they. Cause I knew they were they're friends. Isn't that correct? Yeah, very. Right. They, yeah, they they are in the same uh, friends from the same part of the country. Yes, he is from Georgia. He's a Georgia boy. Okay, and because I just remember the the YouTube video with them doing that, and it was um, I thought, that is the a great song, and I'm hoping one of these days we get to talk to Colt. He was gracious enough to do an intro for us, and you probably will. You're going to recognize because it's going to be the intro to, to the podcast. So if you want yes. to rewind this podcast, you'll hear Colt giving uh, Small Town Famous a little shout out. He sure did. And I, pre- I appreciate it for him I, taking the time to do that. Very gracious. Yeah. Very gracious. We, so so far, I mean, you want to thank Mark Wills for doing it. Absolutely. Um, who all who all has gave us a shout out, BJ? Oh, I'll tell you, Mark Wills, of course, uh, just like one of our co-hosts right here, Jordan, Jordan Hansen, he's a he's a deputy sheriff in 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 Georgia. And uh, Mark, of course, he's still a country music star. Uh, he's not doing as much radio, but he has had numerous hits. If you look him up, he's had tremendous success. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my greatest friends, and and did an intro for us. Didn't even hesitate. Uh, I'm I love him to death. Also, I hope, I hope he hears this because I'm gonna tell you. Mark, if you do listen to this, buddy, I'm seriously fanboying. I, Mark Wills is probably my favorite. I've got just some of those at the very top. I mean, um, a lot of times it's the ones that you like to sing. You know, it's kind of in your, I guess, in your box. I don't know what you what you singers call it, but if there's a Mark Wills song on, 
it, everything stops. Yeah. Because I, I sing it. <laughs> and I'll tell you, after he sent you that, uh, after he sent that intro to us, uh, matter of fact, look, listen to this. Hey, everybody, this is Mark Wills, and you're listening to Small Town Famous. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, and I went back, and I was looking through my iTunes library, and you want to see what my most often played album is? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, God. You're talking about a, a ballad singer? This guy's ridiculous. Yes. I just got to hear a little bit of it. I'm sorry, BJ. No, go ahead. Almost made you love me. Wow. Mm. Almost made you cry. It's got the prettiest chorus. It's got the Almost prettiest chorus. Almost made you happy, baby. Didn't I? Almost had me thinking you turned around, but everybody knows almost doesn't care. Yeah, I can't. I can't stop until I hear the chorus. And <laughs> no, I, go ahead. We got to hear the chorus, and then I'll, I'll stop. And I'm sorry, Colt. We're gonna go back to talking about you too. Let me see where we're at. Here it is, and then we'll let it go. I'm sorry. Sing it, Mark. Goodness, he could sing a ballad. Let let me go ahead and tell you this story. Okay. After Colt, I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I'm sorry. Go go back to Colt in a second, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I skipped a little bit ahead. After Colt, I actually went with an artist on Colt's label who actually needed a keyboard player because Colt's current album at the time did not have really have keyboards in it. But he wanted me to stay working. <laughs> he wanted me to stay working. So I went and worked with another one of his artists. His name is Josh Grayson. American he, Idol. American Idol, Marine, mm-hmm. extremely talented vocalist and entertainer. Uh, look him up to. After I was with Josh, we Mark, it's hard to put all this together sometimes, but Mark put together... Probably yeah. the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, there wasn't any drugs. Just kidding. But uh, Mark, every single year of his career, he put together what they call a crazy white boys tour. That was the name of the tour. What it means is he joined with another artist, and uh, half of his band, half of the other artist band was backing both artists. And it, it was it was a co- interesting. Uh, a collaboration of, of, band, of both artist bands and both artists. Uh-huh. And one of the best times of my life was doing this tour when I got introduced to Mark because uh, the, the musicians were so wonderful and uh, both artists were so great. And it, it was just an amazing experience. And uh, yes, I was able to do, I was able to be with uh, two artists uh, for a season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many dates would y'all, would the Crazy White Boy Tour do? It was a good six months worth of dates. No way. Yeah, it was, it was, wow. it yeah, was incredible. I, I, I'd give anything if I had recordings of it. It was an honor to meet Mark and uh, get to know him and uh, develop a friendship with him. 
And uh, of course, he's one of my best friends till today. Yeah. Uh, and well, so you got to get me an autograph then, or something. Yeah. <laughs> or have him come. Uh, and now, I, I, you know, uh, I love the ladies. Uh, uh, God, that come out wrong. I'll edit that. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is, I love my wife very much. Yes. Stuff, but I'm gonna tell you something. I'd have Mark Will sing me a ballad. I'm just being serious. I'd I'd have that dude sit right there, break out a guitar and sing me a ballad, and I would probably start crying. I'll I'll tell you, I did, after I come home to my hometown from Nashville, uh, I had had to do a a wedding, and I did I Do, which was by Mark. Right. And I texted him. I said, man, I'm doing your song today. I will not mess it up. And he said, don't you mess up my song. (laughs) Did Did he write? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, how many of his, uh, what songs did he write? I, I tell you, I don't have them in front of me. I yeah, know right, he, I understand. He, he did write most of them, Oh, really? uh, if not co-wrote. Uh, but like I said, I don't have them in front of me, but sure. but he, he is a writer out of this world as well as an incredible singer. Let's back back up to Colt. He got to spend time on with Michael Jackson. He sure did. <laughs> so yep. he kind of got, I mean, he got the full effect not to mention crisscross, good grief. No, yes. I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, they're the ones who wore their pants backwards, I believe. Uh, 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 trust me, they did. Yeah. I asked them, <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm sorry, but I did listen to them in high school just a speck of yeah. time. So tell me a little bit more about Colt and your friendship with Colt. I started, of course, I was still playing downtown Nashville, uh, still networking. I hooked up with a guy named Gary Nance. He was a bass player, incredible singer. Um, and he actually was Colt's band leader, and this was before Colt was Colt. This was before Colt released an album. Mm-hmm. And it was before anybody knew who he was. Um, I was hired on as his keyboard player and singer, and uh, stayed with him. Stayed with Colt for four years. Of course, I told you about the transition to Josh. Of course, Colt he was kind of kind of his own entrepreneur, I guess you'd say, because mm-hmm. he was his own label owner. He okay. Owned, he owned his own label with with a partner uh, from Atlanta, uh, which was in the, the, I guess you'd say the hip-hop. Of course, Atlanta's really big in hip-hop, um, and they wanted to include country in there, and Colt was a country boy and a rapper. So he came up really at the, the, the Dirty South movement. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, collaborated with Run DMC on the albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a legend in hip hop music. Oh yeah, did he team up with Kid Rock? Um, he he is he is great friends with Kid Rock, and I think ha- has done concerts with Kid Rock. Uh, I'm not sure about as far as recordings. I'm not sure. Right, I, I, but I was thinking they toured together. I thought he, I, I, I thought I remembered that he toured with Hank uh, Williams Jr. Okay, okay. Um, this was after my time. Uh, but uh, he toured with Hank Jr. and uh, d- did a lot of that. And of course, during my when when I was with him, we toured with uh, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> now a lot of people believe that because I'd, I'd uh, been a fan of Larry the Cable Guy. If you Google him or really look at YouTube, you can find him before he was Larry the Cable Guy, which developed as a radio personality. Yeah, uh, he would he would call into a radio show. Mm-hmm. But the guy actually talks with a Midwestern accent. So it's kind of funny hearing him shift in and out of that. So you got to talk, spend time with Larry, the cable guy. His name is actually... His name is Dan. Right. So when he would talk with you, he would talk in his normal, what is Nebraska? Nebraska is yeah. where he's from. And uh, he he didn't miss a lick. And I, I go and tell you, of course, I can't... Some of it I can't repeat, but I go and tell you, you know his his everyday demeanor is more funny than his stand up comedy routine. 
Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, his stand-up comedy is, is world class. It's it's great, and, oh, yeah. and and it makes me hurt every time I laugh at him. <laughs> but uh, yes, he he is from Nebraska. Uh, the accent is is developed, if I can put it that way. Uh, his accent for for Larry the Gable guy is it is an act, but it is very realistic and. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I can't he, take he, anything away from him for you yeah. doing that. Yeah, so. he's got it down. I mean, yes. it, it was a shock to me. It, it was a little sad. It was like when I found out wrestling was fake. <laughs> <laughs> but but I tell you, he he is so everything that he says. I mean, he's so much like that. I mean, it, it's really I couldn't say it was fake because it's really not because yeah. uh, he's got it down to a T. We go from from Colt. Then you went to Josh. Then from Josh Grayson, we went to... Craig Morgan. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about how it transitioned from Josh to uh, Craig. Well, i tell you, I, I got the job offer from Craig. Of course, uh, Josh and I are still really good friends. He he, he wasn't happy with me at the time, but we're, we are great friends still. It, it, it worked out fine. The transition worked out fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with Craig uh, as his uh, keyboardist. My first show with Craig was on the Conan O'Brien show. No. I had I had never met Craig. I had never met any of the band members. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of brought you back to the opera. It brought me Wait. back to the opera. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was my first appearance with Craig was on the Conan O'Brien show on TBS. Talk about pressure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, my, my nerves were shot. And of course, I, you know... It was funny at the time. Most of the newcomers on Craig's crew would get this from Craig. You say, "Good luck to you, son." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what you would get. And, and of course, he's a, a great dude, and he was halfway picking when he said stuff like that. But I did the Conan O'Brien show, and the night after, I did a full ninety minutes with him. I had never met him in my life, and uh, it was it was enjoyable, but but it was the most nerve wracking experience. And of course, I, I'm saying that in a good way. Because mm-hmm. I was, sure. I was, I was very fortunate to get the job with him, right? Uh, and of course, you know, we are our own worst critics, and so that uh, when I say it was the most nerve wracking, that that was me putting pressure on myself. <laughs> yeah, right, absolutely. So after that, boy, I tell you, it you know, I was with him for a, a wonderful four years. Wonderful boss, wonderful Christian, um, and you said he's funny too, right? Oh, he's and hilarious. Like kind of a little, uh, a little bit of a prankster. Oh, he's a prankster. All right, he. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, uh, I guess toward the end when I was working with him, he had one of these little flashlights that was a taser gun, <laughs> and, uh, and we oh, got a real taser, a real taser. <laughs> so and yeah, and, and of course, you know, on the tour bus, you got uh, twelve bunks in the middle, uh, which were, were stacked three high. And uh, our fiddle player is really jumpy. His name's Jim Ed. We'll probably get him on here later too. Um, but uh, he got him. He got him on the ankle with one of these tasers, and got him to scream about three o'clock in the morning. Woke everybody up. Of course, this kind of went on after he knew it was it was effective. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, he's he's a prankster, but but uh, I love him to death, and uh, and it was just it was just a wonderful wonderful four years with him, and, and I do miss it, and I wish him the best. Yeah, absolutely. BJ, I've enjoyed it, man. You know, we've been talking for fifty minutes. Oh my goodness, isn't that something? <laughs> That's something. Well, you know, um, I hate to, I hate that uh, Jordan got a call out, and we just wish him, praying for him tonight. Make sure he's safe. Yes, and definitely. We miss Jeffrey tonight, and I've already told the kids now when we're missing our co-host, 
do I have to jump on here? But uh, <laughs> Lexi's got she's got company, and I guess Tag and Anna are down there with Leslie doing something. So when but we got some good. My wife Leslie made some chili tonight. She's a great. Oh, cook. it was so and, good. God, that so, woman can cook. Yeah, good she can. Night, she can cook. And you know what? This has been fun. It was so good. Yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed it. We'll go ahead and just wind her down, and uh, we just appreciate you, BJ. So thankful the Lord sent you my way, and. You know, and that we became friends, and I believe that we're we're on to something. I think Small Town Famous is gonna. I think it's gonna be something big. I um, do too. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny because we, you know, looking back on that first episode, uh, you know, we were we were encouraged to just get that dude out. You know, yeah. and we're mm-hmm. all new to podcasting, and you're a professional recording artist, basically, and you've got the recordings, your background, and. And podcasting, it's just a whole different world. It is. Sure. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, but uh, And I'm enjoying learning it. It's yeah, fun. I'm and, loving it. And we just look forward to con- to continue putting these out. And um, we're going to, we kind of had a little bit of a delay um, because we're also busy. You know, BJ with his daughter, I've got four kids. Yeah. Um, Jordan is finishing remodeling a house. And Jeffrey, uh, at the sawmill, they just work him like a dog, yeah. hard-working man. And sometimes it's hard for us to get together. But, man, we love this, and it's going it's to be a fun project. Tonight was just a little bit of an interview. We plan in the future we're going to have some episodes of just what we're calling Shooting the Breeze. It's, mm-hmm. That's what we call it in South Arkansas, where we just sit around and talk because mm-hmm. um, there's not a lot to do. And sometimes <laughs> it's just sitting around and talking. And, and then we're going to do interviews. Um, I was I was blessed Monday to be able to spend about an hour uh, with Bob Smiley, professional comedian Bob Smiley, oh, Christian wow, comedian. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that guy is rapid fire funny. <laughs> he never stops. I was uh-huh. trying to begin the podcast, and he was making jokes from the moment he said hello. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, I'm going to try to introduce us now. He said, no, no, no. He said, just leave all this in. He said, all this awkward, uh, the whole awkward thing. He said, just leave the whole thing in. <laughs> and then we were losing uh, we were, <laughs> we were losing connection because it was my first phone interview because oh, yeah. uh, everything's a first year. And it was funny. He came back and he said, because uh, I was talking to him, he was trying to do an Australian accent. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and there I go, I say tr- trying again. He, that's what he got me for. There was an ongoing bit that he does on the Potty Break podcast with uh, comedian Tim Hawkins, and they make fun of his Australian accent, or his <laughs> attempt to do one. Oh, okay. And, and I, was ab- I was about to mention that, and then I said the word try. The, the call dropped. Oh, and no. he's just going on the other side. I don't know this until I get the recording back. Uh, and he said, the reason the call, you keep having bad service, he said, God smote you <laughs> because, you, because you're uh, making fun of my Australian accent or something like that. Oh, shame on you. But, but you know, the, 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 the cool thing, that guy, he was so generous and so friendly. Uh, but what he said was this, is uh, the next time he's up in this area on a gig that he wants to come by the house and play Pictionary with us, now, what that means, <laughs> one of the, um, and I think we, uh, we had told you, you know, me and Jordan was telling you, one of the reasons why we started this, started the podcast was, A, you were an idea for the podcast because we know you, you know so many what we call small town famous people. <laughs> um, and at the same time, it's just our shooting the breeze idea came from us playing Pictionary because, buddy, I'm going to tell you something, my family, Jeffrey's family, and Jordan's family. That's a serious deal. Oh, I know. Dude, I'm telling you. Uh, oh, it's crazy. It, 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 it. <laughs> These games, they would get heated. This is heat. I can they imagine. They would get heated, but it would be so funny. And then me and Jordan get 
we get kind of punch drunk and uh, <laughs> and we start cracking on Jeffrey really, but uh-huh. uh, it got it was incredibly funny and we come up with some pretty uh, pretty good stuff and we said man we need to record this anyway I mentioned that to Bob and he said the next time he comes up gigging he wants to come by because he loves playing Pictionary right. and he said we're gonna we're gonna YouTube it so how cool would that be oh that'd be awesome oh yeah so hopefully yeah. we're gonna get him actually up here in Taylor Arkansas he lives in Houston. He agreed to come up, and because uh, it's only a, about a five-hour drive, and um, and we're gonna see if I, I'm gonna see if I can get old Bob here in Taylor. That'd be great. And get all the just get all the, the youth uh, youth groups in the area together, absolutely. And, uh, let them put on a little show, and then later come over to the house. I'll get Leslie to whip up something, and we'll play some Pictionary with Bob Smiley. How would that be? That'd be great. That'd be a, that'll be a show. <laughs>